be seated. Uh, let us turn to Ruth chapter 1 for our study this morning on this, the Lord's Day, Mother's Day, Lord's Day first. So Luke, I'm sorry, Ruth chapter 1. Beautiful story. This is one of the most beautiful stories in the Bible. One of only two written or about uh, ladies or sisters in the faith. Hear God's word. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Malan and Chilion, Ephratites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpha, and the name of the other, Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died also, both of them. And the women, woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was, and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each, of, each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters, why will you go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb, that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband also tonight, and should also bear sons, would you tarry for them till they were grown? Would you stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people and to her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest will I die, and there will I be buried, the Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. So they two went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass, when they were come to Bethlehem, that all the city was moved about them. 
And they said, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this portion of your word. We are thankful, Lord, for the story of redemption that is found therein. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would help to unpack it, and not just through uh, my speaking it or teaching it or preaching it, but through, Lord, our understanding of it, and that, Lord, it would make sense because it would point to you. And, Lord, you are the one that makes sense. You are the one that makes sense, makes sense out of everything, and especially our, our trials and our woes in this life. For you are the God who resides in your glory and who lords over this world and over the inhabitants of it. And you're the one that has given hope through the light of your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent into the world to save us from our sins. And so to this end, we ask your blessing now upon our study of this scripture. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, it's a blessed Lord's Day and a blessed Mother's Day. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. It's blessed when your mother is a believer. There are some mothers associated with us that are not yet believers, not here, but in our extended families. And we pray for them, and especially if we see them today. In the story, we have such an example of a believing mother. Now this story takes place around 1500 B.C., about around 1500 to 1100 B.C., during the time of what's called the Judges, and the book of Judges is dedicated to that era. It's 400 years after Israel had entered the Promised Land under Joshua, before the era of the kings. That was a long era, that, that period of the Judges. Uh, for example, it says in Judges 21, uh, 25, Judges 21-25. It's the very last chapter of the book, right before Ruth. The very last verse, right before Ruth 1-1. In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which is right in his own eyes. That might characterize the condition, the spiritual condition of that generation. It's a spiritually dark time. The people sinned against their God, Yahweh. And God would send them enemies. Yes, he sent the enemies to them. That they would cry out for help. And then that God would send a judge, a redeemer, to deliver them. And that was the pattern. Does that sound familiar? And it would start all over again, and sadly again, and sadly, again. God, however, was work, at work, even in those darkest times, when it seems he is far from you, or has turned against you. My proposition to you this morning was, how 
Naomi was a blessed mother. She was a blessed mother. Her life was spared. That's the first thing. She was spared. Unlike the men in her family. It says in the first five verses of our passage how miserable she was as a result of their decision to leave the promised land. Yes, there was famine in Judah. Yes, there were troubles that ensued as a result of their disobedience. But God's people know all too well the reason why oftentimes these troubles and woes and difficulties and trials come about. And who brought them on? They know. They believe in the sovereignty of God. And especially if you've been in the Word for some time, like a, a dear saint of God that raised her children in the OPC that we, Mark and I, that is, met yesterday, who donated her entire library to the men who would be pastors and who are pastors in the Philippines, and even provided for their shipment. Wow. <laughs> she is indeed a sterling example to us one with whom we had great fellowship considering we were only there just to pick up the books that time extended to several hours <laughs> longer than what was necessary covenant faithfulness this is what God is after in his people like what is described in Leviticus 26 3 through 6 Leviticus 26 3 through 6 If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, you who are my covenant people, you are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb of God to come. Then I will give you rain in due season, and the land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. See that? There's a corresponding action and reaction, is there not? And your threshing shall reach unto the vintage, and the vintage shall reach unto the sowing time, and you shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. And I will give peace in the land. And you shall lie down, and none shall make you afraid. And I will rid evil beasts out of the land, and neither shall the sword go through your land. Is that something that, that, that we are after? And as I prayed, is that something that, that essentially all of us are after? But we know in whom we have believed and are persuaded that he is able to keep that which you have committed unto him against that day. Sadly, there are times when we flag in our faith and let down the Lord, as it were, such as with a covenant unfaithfulness. Uh-oh. <coughs> that follows in 14 through 22 of, our, of Leviticus 26. But if you will not hearken unto me, whoa, and will not do all these commandments, uh-oh, and if you shall despise my statutes, or if, you should, if your soul abhor my judgments, so that you will not do all my commandments, all of my commandments, God is not letting us off the hook in terms of more perfect 
more mature and more complete obedience. But that you break my covenant because ultimately all sin is against the covenant. Not just divorce. Not just idolatry, although that is at the heart. Not just pride. He said, I also will do this unto you. I will even appoint over you terror. You think those terrorists that came in September 11, 2001, came on their own volition? They were sent to us, sent by the living God against this ungodly nation that we've become. And he will send others. And they'll be worse. Consumption, the burning agh that shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart. And you shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. They're going to eat up your crops. They're going to, they're going to rob you of your hard-earned crops, the fruit of your land. And I will set my face against you. That's the reason why. It's not just these enemies. It's God. It's Almighty God. It's the Holy Triune God who is against sin, and especially in His people. Judgment must begin in the house of the Lord. And if it begins with us, what shall the end of those who are ungodly and unbelieving They that hate you shall reign over you, and you shall flee when none perceive you. You'll be looking over your shoulder, just like a common criminal, looking over his shoulder for the sheriff or for the, for the probation officer or for the, for the police. And if you will not yet for all this hearken unto me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. It's going to be a complete punishment. And I will break the pride of your power, and I will make your heaven as iron, and your earth as brass. And let me tell you, to make, like it says elsewhere, the heavens as brass, where, where your prayers are bouncing off of, off of the sky, off of heaven, and back to earth. What could be more trying on the soul of, of a saint than that? To know that his God is not hearing him anymore, because he is not praying according to his and your strength shall be spent in vain, for your land shall not yield her increase, neither shall the trees of the land yield their fruits. And if you walk contrary unto me, and will not hearken unto me, I will bring seven times more plagues upon you according to your sins. I will also send wild beasts among you, which shall rob you of your children. Does that remind you of a, a situation uh, regarding the prophet Elisha and how some were robbed of their children who mocked the prophet and destroy your cattle and make you few in number. You're already few, but make you fewer in number and your highways shall be desolate. I don't know if one could miss the point when God has put it so explicitly, and yet we do. And so Naomi follows Elimelech to Moab. The number one no-no. Don't ever leave, regardless of how tough it is. Hang in there. Hang in there with the Lord. Work it through. Pray it through, as it were, until God comes through in your hearts and in the hearts of those that are God's covenant community. That's a pagan land you're going to with pagan gods. 
It's a big mistake for your having to left the land of milk and honey just because the milk and honey were running low. Remember what the scriptures say. Say, say, to have a little with God is better than having a lot without Him. In Proverbs 16, 8 and 9, better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. So a tragedy struck home big time, not just in what was happening in national Israel, but in this household of faith of Elimelech and Naomi. For she loses her husband and becomes a widow indeed, according to what the scripture says. And back then, to be a widow is not like being a widow today. We met a number of widows in our synod or have been in touch with a number of widows, including one of a very dear man of God who literally uh, carried us through the initial uh, introduction into the RCUS, a man who became like my spiritual dad in the faith, Jim West, his widow, Elaine. And being a widow indeed is hard no matter what time, no matter if it's today, in our day and age where we are supplied with the things that would carry through our surviving loved ones in their time of need. But tragically, her two grown sons marry outside of the faith. But there's nothing that could have broken her heart more than that. I know it. I believe it. You can't, you, you can't just erase or delete what God has put in your heart and mind as a child of God, and especially as a mother of children that you've raised and nurtured in fear and admonition of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then to have them leave the faith and marry outside of the church, there's nothing more heart-rending than that that I'm sure consumed her heart and mind. And, and having lost her husband, now this... And then the worst thing, can there be worse? The worst thing imaginable happens. She loses her sons. I think in one way, to lose your children, both for fathers and mothers, is in some ways more devastating than to lose your beloved spouse. Because they're your children. They're, they're, they're part of your lifeblood. They're, they're your, your life. You, you live for your children, humanly speaking, on this earth, of course, in this horizontal plane. And there's nothing that could have broken her more than, than that. And be left all alone. All alone. And all because of their covenant disobedience. And she doesn't place it on her head, because he's gone. She takes it all to herself, on herself. And she's saying that it's because of me. It's because of what I did. Am I not, for whatever reason, taking a different position and hopefully in my doing so, prevented or making this most wretched choice of departing from the living God. She is destitute without any means of support. 
whatsoever. And, her, and the reason behind it all, she describes in verse 13 of our passage in Ruth chapter 1. Verse 13, the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. I'm his enemy. I'm his enemy, and he's mine. For she lost everything precious to her. What other conclusion can she come to than that? Just like many who wrestle with the problem of evil in our day. They call uh, theology. The I always pronounce it wrong. Uh, theology, and not theology. Uh, theology. Not theocracy. Anyway, it begins with TH, okay? <laughs> it means the problem of evil. Wrestling with the problem of evil. Many people right now are wrestling with the problem of evil. And especially Christian families that are experiencing tragedy of this nature in their lives at this time. When it seems like there's no hope anywhere. And, and then on top of that, this happens. This loved one dies. Someone who served God. Someone who is a, a, a faithful son or daughter. Someone who is a faithful spouse. Don't call me Mara, I'm sorry, Naomi, pleasant. Call me Mara, bitter. Because I'm the most bitter person on the face of this earth right now. And there's no changing it. Nevertheless, her life is spared. And there's good reason for that, ample. Because God is yet to use her. Romans 8.28 and we know that all things work together for good to them who love God or the call according to his purpose. Isn't that what we draw to the scripture in particular in times like these? We focus on how much we love God. And that because he first loved us. And rightly so. And rightly so in such times as these. And especially when you consider his mercy in changing this deceitful and desperately wicked heart from stone to flesh, from hating God to loving God, this is, yes, a comforting promise. But notice there's a second part to this. To them who are the called according to his purpose. We who love God and, who are, and that because we are loved by God are called according to his purpose. His purpose. Our purpose starts to wane. It starts to fade into the background. And more and more his purpose begins to rise, arise before us. If you want a longer life, and who doesn't? Let it be to serve our God. Let it be for the purpose of representing him in a world that is in need of the gospel. If you want a longer life, let it be for the right purpose, and that is his, and that is God's, and not your own, and not my own. Secondly, how was Naomi a blessed mother? She was sent home, home sweet home, as much as she dreaded it, especially the gossip, okay? That's there, right? Especially her reputation and how it was like mud in the eyes of her brethren. It was home. God used a famine to take her away, and now God is using a feast to bring her back. 
But sadly, she would go it alone. Verse 8. Go return to your mother's house, my daughters-in-law. Imagine this. How in her going back to the land of Judah, she would leave her two daughters-in-law, Orpha and Ruth, to their false gods. This, is, this always strikes me when I read this. Wrong decision, <laughs> again. <laughs> Verse 8, the Lord, dealt kindly, the Lord deal kindly with you. In other words, stay home and the Lord will deal kindly with you. Verse 9, the Lord grant you that you may find rest. If Naomi desires what is best for them, she would want them to become saved. She would want them to come with her to the land of promise, to the land of God's people, to the land where the word of God is faithfully preached and taught and applied. She would want her to become one of that seed for which Messiah would come and live and die. She would bring her home with, she would bring them home with her. And notice how persistent these ladies are. Verse 10, and they said unto her, surely we will return with thee unto thy people. We're not going to say, take, take no for an answer. Don't try to persuade us. And yet she does, right? She tries her hardest to discourage them from joining her. She uses every argument in the book to say, it's useless. You will never have a husband. You will never have a family. You will never have a life. You'll always be in the opprobrium of the people around you there. You'll always be a stranger. You'll always be looked down on. And that because of me. Bottom line is this. You don't want to be with me because the hand of God is, is bent against me. And yet the final outcome in verse 14, they both lift up their voices and wept again. I mean, this was a weeping session. Have you ever been in a weeping session before? <laughs> this had to probably take the cake. And, uh, and yet, Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave to her. That means held to her for dear life. She was not going to go anywhere that her mother-in-law, uh, well, she was not going to be anywhere but with her mother-in-law because of her love for her. As she expressed in her profession of faith, I like to call this her profession of faith, just like when you become members of the church and you go forward and you profess your faith to the elders and then to the congregation, right? And you become a member of Christ's church. In verse 16, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from falling after thee. Don't, don't plead upon my heart because you ain't going to break it. <laughs> I'm set. I'm set. For whither thou goest, I will go. Okay? And where you lodge, I will lodge. I'm going to stay in the same house with you, the same dwelling place. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. He will be my covenant God. He will be my Lord and Savior, because I own him. After hearing of that all these years that I've been under your roof in Moab. And where you die, I will die there. And there will I be buried, and the Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. The only thing that's going to separate from me, me from you is death. And the only one who has ever said this for all of us and for them is the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet even death did not separate us from him, but was the very cause of our being united to him and for his being with us forever and ever.
Faith in God sees beyond the present bitter setbacks and dire circumstances of this life. It is free from cares, from the need for security and even comfort that comes from this world. It is willing to venture out tomorrow to the unknown, trusting in the Lord. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our God and our guide even unto the end. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now Naomi is going home, but she is not alone. And not just because Naomi has Ruth, but because God is with her. And lastly, how was Naomi a blessed mother? She was supplied with the starter seed for a new family. <laughs> the Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hope is in the air. I like to think that this, well, this was the springtime, like it is the springtime right now. Verse 22, And they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. We need hope so we don't despair and throw in the towel. Hope is like faith. You don't see it right away. In fact, Paul says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for it? But we hope for that we see not. Then we do with patience wait for it. Hope like faith is seeing the invisible God like Moses was said to have seen. And because of that, he was willing to venture out into the wilderness, the promised land. But hope is in the air because, why? Because the Lord is there. He's called Jehovah Shammah. You ever remember our study on, on that? Jehovah Shammah, meaning the Lord that is there, the Lord that is here. <laughs> I'd like him to be here. Well, that's, essentially the same thing. Someone prayed this prayer. Dear Jehovah Shema, I, I prayed or wrote something similarly. Thank you for being the one who goes with me. Thank you for the hope I have that you will not fail nor forsake me. Thank you for the strength I find in your presence today. In Jesus' name, amen. This is when our Lord says, when we follow him and are faithful in the sight of the nations, he will be with us always, even unto the end of the world. That's Jehovah Shema. Because the Lord was with her, Naomi was restored to motherhood. First with her daughter, first with a daughter she never had, who loved her like her own flesh and blood, but moreover, who loved her God. And it's like, if you recall the story of Job. Remember the story of Job and how the Lord blessed the latter day of Job even more than the former. Now I have to fast forward this story because we are out of time, of course. But what would you say if Ruth would have a baby boy, which she did, and that that baby boy would be the grandfather of the greatest king of Israel, King David? So is that in Ruth 4.22? So if you turn briefly to it. 
says in Obed, Obed, oh, let's start with 21. And Solomon begat Boaz, that's the husband of, would be the husband of Ruth in our story. And Boaz begat Obed, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David. See? And if you want written proof of that in the New Testament, turn to Matthew 1, 5. Matthew 1, 5. The genealogy of our Lord. What do we see here? And Solomon begat Boaz of Rahab. That's Rahab, by the way, from a previous story that we heard. And Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse. It almost sounds, it almost looks like a cut and paste, only they didn't have that back then. And did you know that King David would in turn foreshadow as, the, as a, a type, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, as is revealed in Matthew 1.1. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And can you imagine that when this happened, how joyful she was, how full she was, how her soul overflowed upon seeing that child born to her family. It reminds me of a hymn by William Cooper, spelled Cowper, but pronounced Cooper. <clears throat> Ye fearful saints, fresh courage take, the clouds he so much dread, are big with mercy, and shall break in blessings on your head. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust him for his grace. Behind a frowning providence, he hides a smiling face. His purposes will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. The bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. Blind unbelief is sure to err. And scan his work in vain. God is his own interpreter, and he will make it plain. Amen. In conclusion, God dealt bitterly with Naomi. God's providence is not always easy, and sometimes very hard. But child of God, don't ever think that anything, even the sins of the past, even covenant-breaking sins like sexual sins and divorce that often result in divorce will prevent his blessing upon you. Our Heidelberg Catechism asks the question, what does thou believe when thou sayest, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? Answer, that the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who have nothing made heaven and earth with all that is in them, who likewise upholds and governs the same by his eternal counsel and providence, is for the sake of Christ, his Son, my God, and my Father, in whom I so trust as to have no doubt that he will provide all with me all things necessary for body and soul. And further, that whatever evil he sends Upon me in this veil of tears, he will turn to my good. For he is able to do so, being Almighty God, 
and willing also be my faithful father. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Or in this case, and the Lord deliver her out of them all. May the Lord grant you a blessed Lord's Day and Mother's Day. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, thank you for our story of Ruth. It is so wonderful, this story. It is truly, indeed, a, a Christian classic or a Bible classic that stands out above all. And we are thankful for this example of motherhood that is set forth here. And do ask that we may glean from this as Lord Ruth later would glean from the fields and Lord would provide, be provided for amply. Lord, this is how you do it. And Lord, 